Welcome to the show about your kid's secret life, an inside peek at what today's kids are really doing online and with technology. Each week, you'll hear the latest trends and get tips to keep them safe while keeping your sanity. So here are your hosts, cybersecurity experts, best-selling authors, and parents of four teens, Lisa and Chris Good. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show that lets you see behind the curtain of what today's kids are doing with technology. I'm your host, Lisa Good. Boy, oh boy, I've got to tell you about a few new and popular TikTok videos making the rounds. If you thought that TikTok was just a bunch of kids doing dance videos, well, that's really not what TikTok is. If your kids are on TikTok, they've probably already seen these videos. Now, this first video is called School Zoom Hack. This TikTok user explains and goes on to show how to make it look like you're paying attention to a meeting or class on Zoom, when in reality, you aren't even behind the camera. Whoa. Basically, it's the virtual version of cutting or skipping class. Yep, you heard that right. Now, this user goes on to explain that All you have to do is film yourself doing nothing for a few minutes and then use that footage as your virtual background on Zoom and voila, you can be on your phone doing what you want to do or surfing the web or just whatever and no one will know. Now, believe it or not, this video has over 3 million views as of last week. The comments have ranged from... OMG, thank you, you just saved me. And will this work on Teams? I'm asking for a friend. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and guess that the TikTok user who said, hey, I'm asking for a friend, that they might be concerned that their parents might see their response and they don't wanna get in trouble. But then there were others pointing out the possible flaws in this plan, like, It's all fun and games until the teacher asks you a question. The TikTok user's response to that comment was, well, if the teacher asks you a question, you can just play it off like it's a technical difficulty. Now, one of my other favorite comments on this video was, seriously, why put all this effort into not doing something instead of just doing what you're supposed to do? That was my favorite comment. Then there's another TikTok video that's making a resurgence from April. It's also about how to get out of your Zoom classes. Now this TikToker says to change your Zoom username to reconnecting with three dots at the end. This makes it look like you're having connection issues. Now I've got to tell you, if you don't believe that kids today are tech savvy, those two videos alone should remove any doubts or misconceptions you have as well as any doubt or misconception you may have about TikTok just being about fun dance videos. It's really not. As an IT professional, I can tell you that both of these hacks would probably work at least once. There are ways on the back end that will allow the school to know if your kids were actually on Zoom and just doing other things in the background. If that's the case, you'll most likely get an email or phone call and your kids are gonna be in trouble. So while these two videos aren't the typical social media challenge, they are still encouraging kids to do the wrong thing. If you've got kids at home doing virtual learning, you may wanna sit down with them and have a chat about virtual learning attendance 
and you should do this whether they're using Zoom, Google, or Teams. Okay, while we're on the topic of Zoom, virtual learning and the increasing amount of time kids are spending online this year, you know, we need to chat about something that you may or may not have heard about, but it's very real, and we've seen an uptick in kids exhibiting this behavior. It's called sad fishing. Now, sad fishing is a relatively new term, which appears to be coined by a young lady named Rebecca Reed sometime in early 2019. Rebecca created the word after reading a social media post by a famous influencer, Kendall Jenner, who posted about her acne problems online, followed by glamorous photos of her solutions, which were paid brand sponsorships of skincare products. She was using pity to sell products to tweens and teens. Now, the Urban Dictionary has sad fishing defined as the act of posting sad, sensitive, or emotional things on social media in order to fish for sympathy and get attention. For the Kendall Jenner post in question, I would have to say the shoe fit, but is that the case for all young kids online? Let's look back to pre-internet days. Tweens and teens would use diaries to write about their innermost feelings, a lot of which were driven by changing hormones and peer pressure. Now fast forward to today. Teens and tweens still have the same changing hormones and peer pressure, but I would say they have way more peer pressure than we had with the advent of social media. Now the difference is that most kids use social media as their diaries to write or vlog, which is video blog, about those feelings. Social media gives kids a huge online forum to post sad, emotional, or sensitive statements accompanied with photos, videos, emojis, and hashtags. Posting this type of material may be a way for teens to connect with others who feel the same way and will offer support. But sad fishing can also be a serious plea for help. I've seen young kids use social media to tell others that they've been abused or trafficked and get the help they need. The help that they wouldn't have been brave enough to ask for through any other channel. Now the issue is that sad fishing can make vulnerable kids more vulnerable. By expressing their real feelings and problems, the teen who is engaged in sad fishing may be opening themselves up to online harassment or grooming. I can tell you after looking at thousands of teens' TikTok videos, Instagram accounts, and Snapchat, other people online can say some pretty dark and ugly things to those who are sharing their innermost feelings. The JAMA Pediatrics, that's the Journal of American Medical Association, the Pediatrics Division, they highlighted a study that showed teens who use social media for needed real support were either disappointed by the response they received or they felt worse when accused of attention seeking. These same teens were more likely to have suicidal thoughts or attempt self-harm. In fact, one out of four in the study had attempted some form of self-harm. You see, the responses to sad fishing can damage an already fragile mental state and leave your child more vulnerable to online grooming or potential sex trafficking. Groomers and sex traffickers have an uncanny ability to woo a vulnerable kid, gain their trust, 
and exploit their need to have someone care about them and really understand them. You know, this is done more quickly than most parents even realize. These individuals then move the relationship offline and take advantage of these kids. For parents and adults in general, one of the real issues with sad fishing is that it creates confusion as to who's just trying to get attention, you know, that five minutes of viral fame, and who really needs help. And it's not your fault, especially since the driving factor with all social media is how many likes you get, how many followers do you have, and how many views on your TikTok video or YouTube channel. Those are the things that make kids famous or an influencer. And unfortunately, in today's world, happy, positive, upbeat, and morally sound videos and posts won't get a kid the fame or attention they seek. Kids turn to the provocative, the ugly, the dark, and sometimes the completely made up. It's what the media has encouraged and taught them to do. It's the only thing that gets rewarded. It's no wonder it's difficult for parents and adults to know which category their kids fall into when reading their posts or watching their videos, and why it's easier for parents and adults to brush things off as kids just being kids, which unfortunately sometimes leads to tragedy. Now, I recommend that you not minimize what your kids post on social media. You would rather be in the safe than sorry category when it comes to talking with your kids and getting them the support and help they need before they do something harmful. This is why if your kids are on social media, you should be on all the same platforms that they're on and actively participating with them. Now notice I didn't say stalking them, just participating with them. Now, if you're on social media, you have a better chance at preventing sad fishing or at least intervening early on. If there's a real problem, you'll catch it and you'll catch it early. If you notice your teen behaving differently, don't just write it off as kids being kids, especially if they're on social media. I would also encourage you to talk with your kids on what to do if they see their friends posting sad, dramatic, or self-harm types of comments. There's no way to know if the friend is posting for attention or posting because they are in serious distress. Unless, of course, they post sarcastic emojis with their posts. But even then, all posts should be taken seriously. Your teens can initially reach out to their friends privately and offer support. But I would also recommend letting your kids know that they should come to you or another adult they trust so that they're not handling sensitive issues on their own. Some serious problems need professional intervention and guidance, more than your teen can probably give. This could be a difficult conversation because most kids think if they come to you or another adult, then they will have betrayed their friend's trust and they'll lose that friend. You'll have to be very candid of what could happen if that friend doesn't get the real help they need, like suicide, running away, being sex trafficked. Now, I know this isn't a conversation that any of us parents wanna have, but in today's social media-driven world, it's absolutely necessary. If you see your kids or their friends post any of the following acronyms on social media or in text messages, it's time to step in. The first one is K-M-S, which means kill myself. 
This is one of the most serious acronyms. And if you see it, then you should seek help for your child from a mental professional or contact the suicide hotline. If you see one of your kid's friends using this, it's time to contact their parents or other adults in their lives. This is not an acronym to take lightly. The next acronym is KYS, which means kill yourself. Now, if you notice your kids are using KYS, it's time to talk to them about the danger and impact of this phrase because this is a form of bullying and it could push someone in a more fragile mental state over the edge. If a child commits suicide because of bullying, the bullies can be charged with their murder. This is a serious phrase and not one that should be used as a joke. Using this phrase can also get your kids and their friends in trouble at school or expelled. The next one would be if you see the pill emoji in a text, it means one of two things for kids right now. Either they're contemplating suicide, they're going to take a bunch of pills, or it means, hey, let's do some drugs. Now, neither of those options is good, so be sure you keep an eye out for that one. According to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, here are the top three phrases that kids use when they're feeling suicidal and secretly crying out for help. Number one is, I don't think I'll be at school next week. And they aren't talking about going on vacation with their family. Number two, I should just kill myself. When said in a joking manner over and over again, this is a huge red flag. Number three, if anything happens to me, promise to take care of, and then fill in the blank. They'll list their pet, their sibling, or something they want the other person to do. Now, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline also recommends that if someone makes a comment that you're concerned about, the best thing you can do is ask them directly if they're feeling suicidal. They say, contrary to popular myth, asking this question directly will not encourage the person to commit suicide or put the idea in their head. It'll actually open up the conversation and give the person an opportunity to talk about it which in turn will give you the opportunity to get them the help they need. Whether you pass that advice along to your teen and encourage them to do that is your decision as a parent. Only you know the maturity of your child. But I'll leave you with two ways to contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline in case you need it for your child or one of their friends or someone else in your family. The phone number is one 800 273 Five, five, or you can text the word START to 741-741. All right, we're going to take a break. Stay tuned for our next topic. Wouldn't it be great to stay up to date without being overwhelmed? It's possible and easy. Just sign up for our free cyber alert emails. We take the guesswork out of knowing what's going on with kids and technology. We provide the essentials that parents, grandparents, and adults working with children should know in today's digital world. Just visit yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio and sign up today. Welcome back. I get asked a lot about encrypted apps. So in this episode, I'm going to cover what every parent needs to know about encryption as it relates to apps. Now hang with me. I promise I'm not going into geek speak land, okay? When hearing the word encryption, a James Bond or spy type movie might come to mind. But as we use our smartphones and the internet today for just about everything, 
from online banking to checking our test results from our last doctor's appointment, this technology is playing a key role in keeping your private data just that, private and out of the hands of cyber criminals. Pretty much all the banking apps, credit card apps, and medical apps are encrypted. Then there are the apps that use the same encryption technology that your kids like to use. These are generally texting apps or messaging apps, and this is where encryption can get kids in trouble. Encrypted messaging apps allow users to send messages that are extremely hard to intercept and read. The only person who can read what you type is the person you sent the message to. This level of security ensures that your conversations are private. Law enforcement and even the app developers don't have the ability to intercept and read these messages. That's how powerful end-to-end -end encryption is, which is why criminals like drug dealers, pedophiles, and hackers all use this method of communication. Most kids are none of those things. They may, however, like to keep their conversations away from your prying eyes. Now, encrypted apps allow your kids to communicate without being monitored by any tools available, period. I've compiled a list of the top 13 messaging apps that you should be aware of. However, I know that we're only gonna be able to hit the top five today. If you'd like the complete list, you can go online to protectkids.today and there you can get the complete list for free. So let's jump right into the top five apps that use encryption and some of their features. If your kids ask for one of these, it should raise a red flag and you should ask some questions. So the first one on our list is Signal Private Messenger. Their tagline is speak freely and millions of people use this app for instant, free and encrypted communication because it's known as one of the most secure apps available today. Signal is one of the only apps that has its privacy protection technology always on. So there's never any risk of sharing anything, either via voice or text, to anyone but the intended recipient. So the features include self-destructing messages after a given time frame that the user picks, group chat, view once media, this would include new selfies or inappropriate videos that won't show up in their camera roll and are deleted unless a screenshot was taken. Now the Signal app is free and has no ads. Number two on the list is Wire. This app also has end-to-end -end encryption always on as the default to protect your messages, images, and files. Some features include video calls and conferencing, timed conversations which are deleted, file sharing availability, and group chats. A unique feature to Wire is that a new encryption key is used for every message, which makes it 99% hack-proof. It's one of the top messaging apps used in Switzerland, which of course is known for offshore bank accounts, and the European Union, which has very strict data laws. If your kids ask for this app or you see it on a device, I can promise you they are doing things you don't want them to do. Wire has a free option for personal use and actually markets itself as a business app. However, you should know it's rated for ages four and up in the Apple Store and E for everyone in Google Play. All right, number three 
is Threema. This app's tagline is Seriously Secure Messaging. It not only has end-to-end encryption like Signal and Wire, but Threema also offers an extra layer of privacy by not requiring you to provide an email or a phone number to sign up. Oh, and you're also able to hide and lock chats. This would definitely be on the no-go list for kids. Threema has over 4.5 million users, has a one-time fee of $2.99, and is rated for ages four and up on the Apple App Store and E for everyone on Google Play. Now, number four is Telegram. This app is very popular for those who want to have private encrypted conversations and don't want to have their parents question why they want the app. I mean, if your high schooler says, hey mom, all my friends are using this new app to chat, it's called Telegram, is it okay if I get it? How likely are you to question that request? I mean, after all, it is called Telegram. What could be wrong with that, right? Well, here are some of Telegram's features. There's an option to self-destruct messages, files, photos, and videos in a certain amount of time after they've been sent and received. For a more secure messaging experience, users can turn on secret chats from the app's advanced settings, which forces the app on the other side of the secret chat to delete the messages, kind of like Snapchat. However, that doesn't mean that someone couldn't take a screenshot. This app is free and has over 200 million users. I'll give them some credit though, because they have their app listed for 17 plus on the Apple Store and rated M for mature and 17 plus on Google Play. All right, number five is WhatsApp, whose tagline is simple, secure, reliable messaging. Now, WhatsApp is the only app that will warn you that encryption is not applied to a particular chat. WhatsApp is one of the few encrypted apps that by default allows its messages to be backed up to the cloud by iOS or Android. So there technically is a copy of your message saved somewhere. However, you can remove all chats from your cloud backups. Now one of the downsides of this app from a security perspective is that it's owned by Facebook. So I would almost take what they say about security and their data policies with a grain of salt. One feature I'd like to point out is that you can share messages, you know, photos and videos with up to 256 people at once, which can lead to trouble when it comes to kids. This app has been in the news frequently for kids using it to cheat on tests and quizzes and final exams, both in high school and college. And this app is also widely known for sexting. This app is free and has 1.5 billion users and is rated 12 and up on the Apple Store and E for everyone on Google Play. I know I said we'd go through the top five and I'm pretty sure I have time to go over just one more. The one I wanna talk about, this one isn't actually on my list. I think it's important that we talk about it and the reason it's not on the list is because every kid with an iPhone already has access to this app by default. There's nothing you can do about it. Before we jump into this, just a reminder that you can get the complete list of the top 13 messaging apps that you should be aware of for free by going to protectkids.today. That's protectkids.today. All right, 
if your kids have an iPhone, they already have the power to send end-to-end encrypted messages to friends and strangers who also have an iPhone or a Mac. What? You may be asking. Well, it's true. It's called iMessage, which uses the tagline, message who you want, how you want. Most people don't realize that iMessage has always been on top of end-to-end encryption. I mean, think about it. Would you expect anything less from the late Steve Jobs? iMessage lets users control how long the message stays and how many times the recipient can view it. The main security issue with it is that by default, your iMessages are backed up to your iCloud and the encrypted keys are controlled by Apple. So if your iCloud were ever hacked, those messages could possibly be seen. Oops, that could be a problem. However, the solution is to avoid storing your private messages on your iCloud. Now believe me when I tell you that most of your tech-savvy teens already know this. Now here are some of the iMessage features. You can block phone numbers and contacts, tailor iMessage settings, use the internet instead of the phone network when communicating with other iOS or Mac OS users, and you have the ability to control read receipts. Encrypted messages in iMessage will appear blue, not green, like a regular SMS or text message. As I said earlier, if your kids have an iPhone, they already have access to this app by default, and there's nothing you can do about it. There are an estimated 1.3 billion users of iMessage. Even more shocking is that in the spring of 2019, 83% of U.S. teens owned an iPhone and 86% of tweens and teens who didn't own an iPhone said their next phone would be an iPhone. This means that most of your kids' friends have an iPhone and are already using iMessage too. As a parent, you should know that if your kids are using end-to-end encrypted apps for texting, those messages are protected and private and will normally not be able to be accessed by the company or by law enforcement, which that may not sound like a big deal. However, if something tragic happens or your kid gets in trouble but says they're innocent and is adamant that they had text messages that could prove it, you most likely won't have access to those conversations if they used an encrypted messaging app. All right, I think we're about out of time for this episode. Uh, From one parent to another, I wanna encourage you to go to protectkids.today to get the free list of the top 13 encrypted messaging apps. It's an easy way to stay up to date. Hope you have a fantastic week and we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to Your Kid's Secret Life with Lisa and Chris Good. To submit your questions, sign up for our free cyber alert emails, or for information on today's show, please go to yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio. You can also connect with us on Facebook at Your Kid's Secret Life.